What's going on out there, world? It's your boy, Kel. Back again with another episode of Look and Listen Podcast. I would like to thank all the listeners uh, currently listening to this. And I would like to thank any listeners who have listened to my last two episodes where I was just venting about um, personal frustrations and personal problems in my life. I do apologize about that. Um... To a certain extent, it was something that shouldn't have been made public, even though I didn't make it public first. But, you know, again, all that's in the past. You know, I'm not saying I'm wrong in what I said, but I'm just basically saying I shouldn't have said it. I'm basically just saying that I should have kept it to myself or at least got the chance to speak with the person I was uh, speaking on. And I have um, spoke with them. We haven't really gone down to the bottom of things where we need to be, but that's going to take some time, you know, but it it is what it is. You know, we have spoken and uh, things so far seem to be, uh, even though they're not completely understood, they are better. But um, anyway, I just want to now get back on track to what I want this podcast to be and to what, you know, the things I want to talk about. And today, I want to talk about America's GOP problem. And, of course, GOP, uh, the Republican Party, I feel like lately they have been showing their ass with just who they really are. They are trying their best to block democracy. They are setting up new voting laws in Georgia that are as close to Jim Crow as we've been since Jim Crow. You know, it it is just, they are keeping filibusters, yet, yet, you know, they don't want new legislation when it comes to things like June, excuse me, not June, January 6th. They don't want to, you know, talk about January 6th. They don't want to talk about the fact that it seems their only gain is to save their own skin, save Donald Trump's skin, and save the skin of all these billionaires who have made uh, billions of dollars and got stupid rich, er, you know, after the pandemic. And it is proven over years and decades of history, about a century worth of history. That every single time there is a Republican rule, uh, things just don't pan out well for Americans. And like the biggest example of that that I can give you is let's talk about uh, President um, Hart, President Harding, um, in nineteen twenty-one, or um, Coolidge, Hoover. You know all these guys who were Republicans. And the Great Depression happened right after them. And it took FDR to really get us out of that de- uh, that depression. And what's crazy is how the Republicans, they feel like the best way to deal with an economic crisis or to deal with a recession is to... Keep the rich rich. They don't care at all 
about the people. And even though, again, like I said, the Democratic Party is not perfect by any means, I do feel like, you know, the Republican Party has constantly shown that when they are in office, America fails. Like, that has gone back, again, decades. And the way that we beat the Great Depression, a lot, well, many ways we did, but one of the biggest ways we did was when FDR uh, created things like uh, Social Security and, uh, you know, a lot of government spending that helped put money, yes, government money, but yes, it put money in the pockets of the people who, if they have more money, then they will have to spend it. The more money people have, the demand will increase. And if demand increases, then job increases. That's why we're probably about to, you know, enter a big uh, economy, economy boom. Because, it, yes, Joe Biden has had plans. He um, has something right now called the Biden plan that he has said uh, will help you know, create jobs and put people back to work and everything. But at the same time, let's face it. It's been over 12 years since we have seen minimum wage raised. Minimum wage in most places is still stuck at 725. Now, when you have people sitting at home, getting money put into their account via stimulus checks, via unemployment, and PPP and all these other uh, forms of government aid that they are getting. Nobody is going to want to go back to work for 725 wages when they were just sitting at home for a year uh, being mailed more money than they probably even make working their jobs. I think it has opened a lot of people's eyes to the slave labor that minimum wage is these people are out here working hard breaking their backs working multiple hours for little pay and can barely get by you know no matter how hard they work no matter how many hours they work they still have to micromanage their finances and have to figure out what they're going to eat you know how they're going to get their car fixed yes they might make enough for rent and bills but it's more to life than rent and bills there's food, there's clothes, there's, uh, you know, taking care of your house, taking care of your car, gas, you know, all these things that, you know, some people who are able to pay their bills, yes, making minimum wage, but have to think about the other essentials that they cannot pay for with seven twenty-five an hour, no matter how hard they work, no matter how long they work. And you wonder why people don't want to go back to work. It's not the fact that people don't want to work. People do want to work. It's just the fact that they don't want to work for that little bit of pay, especially anymore. After they've seen what sitting at home can do for them with the government paying. Now, I'm not saying that people should just sit at home you know, for the rest of their lives collecting government money. No, of course not. That's not the answer. But clearly, 
The answer is to raise minimum wage. You have to entice people to get back to work. You have to... What is their gain of going to work if, you know, they're working this minimum wage and still living in poverty? There's almost no point in them working. And sure, you can say, well, go to college, get an education, get a job, and all these things. But... A lot of people who have gone to college and got their education are working at Walmart or working at, uh, you know, factories and um, Amazon and these distribution uh, centers for these places, which, yes, those jobs are good because a lot of those jobs are like $15 an hour, but that shouldn't be how it is. If you go to college... You get your degrees, you work all these years to get all these degrees. These are people you would think would become lawyers and doctors and nurses and uh, even politicians and, uh, you know, things of that nature. But instead, they're going to work at, you know, uh, Walmart or they're going to work at Amazon or they're driving trucks or whatever it is that, you know, that they are doing instead. So, yes, you can get an education, but at the same time, when you need money, you'll take the first job that you can get. Trust me, I know. I have had at least four different jobs in the past uh, two, three years, and almost each job I've had has only paid seven twenty-five, except for one which was when I did work at Amazon for that $15 an hour pay, which is good money, but at the same time, you have to admit, the guy who owns Amazon is a billionaire. He's like the richest man in the world, and during the pandemic, he's made billions of dollars more because, you know, when people are staying at home getting that government money, a lot of them spent it on Amazon. A lot of people were scared to leave their houses because of the pandemic. They didn't want to go shopping. They didn't want to, you know go out and buy stuff so amazon was the answer to a lot of that that's why amazon workers have been going on strike because of the conditions that they work in and yet during the pandemic when the owner was making more money than ever and amazon was making more profit than ever they're still only making 15 dollars an hour in a place that has like minimum air conditioning or heating uh you know just you know not good conditions to you know, to work in, and I have worked in the Amazon factory, one that was brand new, as a matter of fact, when I first worked there. I was one of its first workers, and the conditions weren't the worst that I had seen. But when you talk to these people who have worked with Amazon and these people who have gone on strike, you can understand their concerns and their dismay, because again, they were the heroes of the year. Of 2020, you got the doctors, you got the nurses, and you got the uh, frontline workers. But at the same time, you had the essential workers who were risking it all by going out there and working. And a lot of them still got sick because of some of the the uh, conditions that they were working in. You know, not a lot of provisions were taken to ensure you know their safety and to ensure that they wouldn't get sick and that they would be taken care of. So it's a lot of factors that factor into why 
people are going on strike, you know, at Amazon. But then you have these other places like McDonald's and uh, I forgot the second place, but I know McDonald's recently raised its pay by a little. I don't, I don't even think they've raised it by like maybe two dollars or so. Like it's still not like they raised it a lot. And this is their way of trying to entice people to come work for them, which is a start. But at the same time, it's not enough. Again, now people, I believe, are striking from McDonald's. People are just sick and tired of breaking their back, building this country's economy, and making it work, but they're not doing good. And that's where the problem with the GOP comes in for me. Because the GOP will sit there and tell you the economy is doing bad when your pockets aren't hurting. And what I mean by that is... 2020 was a very profitable year for a lot of uh, middle class, lower class American citizens because they were able to get unemployment. They were able to get those stimulus checks and because of that, a lot of people made a lot of money, but when it's time to go back to work, if you don't entice them to do so, what are they going back to? So now, when people are going back to work at Amazon and McDonald's and all these places, they're going on strike to simply say, look, raise minimum wage. But the GOP, they will sit there and tell you that the economy is doing bad when you're getting government money. The economy is doing bad when billionaires aren't making billions of dollars. The economy is doing bad when gas prices aren't through the roof. The economy is doing bad when their pockets aren't being lined with money. And we see that today. Because let's face it, the rumor that the Russians hacked uh, somehow the gas system in America and uh, there was also like a shortage of truck drivers driving the gas around, there was a rumor started that there was gas shortages. Now... This was proven to not even be true, but because of the rumor, a lot of people ran to gas stations with barrels getting all the gas that they could, which then not caused a shortage, but of course that hiked the gas prices up. That hiked up the gas prices, and now the gas prices in like a week's time, flew up almost at least 50 cents in most places. Because I saw where my gas, you know, where I live, gas prices were about, uh, I'm pushing it when I say about 220 something, but when this rumor of gas shortage came out, it jumped up to like 280. Most places were like 299. I live in the South, in Alabama, of course, and we're like one of the poorest states around. $3 for gas for us is unbelievable enough. I know in most places, you know, gas is already over $3. But for us, gas tries its best at most times to not go over $3. So, but a lot of them was $2.99. And I'm a delivery driver. I have to pay for my gas to not only get to and from work, but to work, I need gas. So I've been feeling it, you know, once them gas prices hiked up. But the pockets of the wealthy, 
the pockets of the Republicans, the pockets of people in power and government goes up when gas prices goes up. It's been proven that Republicans have said that in the past they wanted where gas prices were close to like $5 a gallon. You know, because they feel like this is what's going to help the economy, which, a.k.a., help stocks, help their pockets, help government money. Then the economy is doing okay. Meanwhile, low class and middle class is suffering, but they'll tell you that the economy is good. You can't make ends meet, but the economy is good, so therefore we must be thriving. But what about the people? That's why when it comes to government spending, it's been proven that government spending helps the economy. Because it helps the lower class and the middle class, which in turn will help the higher class. But instead, when you just help the higher class and drain the pockets of middle class and lower class, how can they spend money that they don't have to help the rich get richer? So they're going to shoot themselves in the foot eventually, and that's what Republicans do. You see it every time a Republican in his a Republican is in office, the economy gets destroyed. Look at the economy where it was when Bush had it. We were in a recession. The economy was terrible. Yes, rich people were rich. Gas prices were high. But the average American was suffering. Till Obama came around and created more jobs and created plans. And, you know, again, a lot of people say that government spending isn't the way. And while it's not the answer in the short term, in the long run, it helps. Let's face it, because that creates more job and creates more demand, which can put more people back to work. But the Republican Party just don't see it that way. And they are trying their best to block all the aggressive Democrats. And there are very few. That's why, you know, if you listen to all uh, the Cutting Up podcast, you'll hear me say things like, I can't wait for Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris to get in the seat. So, you know, we'll have not only a Democrat, but we won't have Trump and maybe things will get, you know, better over time. And again, Biden has signed in some good legislation and some good laws, but at the same time, it's too much stuff that he's dragging his feet on, all because the Republicans won't agree, which Mitch McConnell and other Republicans have already stated that they will never agree with Joe Biden, that they will never vote for whatever he wants, no matter how good it is. And I don't understand that, because you're literally saying, I don't care how right you are. I'm going to be your opposition. I don't care how good something is. I'm going to be that opposition. The only opposition to good is evil. The only opposition to right is wrong. So you're going to stand on the side of wrong and you're going to stand on the side of evil just so this person who is trying to do some good as much as they can won't be able to do it. And because, again, Joe Biden keeps claiming that he is a president of all people, he's going to work with as many Republicans as possible, a lot of stuff won't get done. George Floyd died over a year ago, and there's still nothing done that the White House has done, at least, to get us some new police reform. 
which we desperately need. I don't care how much you so-called back the blue. I don't care how much you love the police. Reform is good not only for the citizens and the communities, but also for the police. Because if we get new reform and new legislation that will stop them from killing us unjustly and getting away with it, then people will then learn to trust the police more. They will learn to, you know, call the police more. They will learn to, because let's face it, the police are a big problem too, especially in black communities and all these lower class communities where they police everything. In these, prov- these um, poverty stricken communities who don't call them, who are in fear of them, who can't hire lawyers, so therefore they can come in and act any way they want to act because those low class high crime places don't matter that's where we need more police right is where the crime takes place but what people forget is those high crime communities are high in poverty they're high in single parent households lack of education but meanwhile we're funding the police instead of funding education new york recently i believe 2019 or 2018 spent eighty two thousand dollars for uh, police spending, but only 24000 for education. In these low-income communities, in these high-crime uh, rate and high-poverty communities, they have lack of education, lack of resources, and people don't care about those type of communities. So of course those communities are going to commit crime to get those resources that they then don't have. And you can say, well, uh, that's the lower class, but the higher class commits crime just as much. It's just not out there. How the rich can get their hands on high-priced drugs, how they can blacklist people, how they can uh, send a hitman out for people, and you never know that they did it. Because they're rich, they're high class, and the the picture of high class is this um, American citizen who has uh, worked hard and got all the riches and you know helps drive the economy. And you don't look at rich people as bad people. Evidence of that is every time a celebrity does something that somebody across the street has done, we drag them through the mud. When a celebrity does something that one of your neighbors have most likely done, we drag them through the mud. Even though somebody close to you has done whatever it was they did. All because we act like when somebody has money, that just means they're good American citizens. But that's not the case. The answer to get on the right track in America is to help these communities with high poverty, high crime, because they have less chances and less opportunity because they're in communities that people don't care about. And if you're in a community that nobody cares about, then you're not going to care. Not only about your community, but you're not going to care about yourself. You're not going to care about your education. You're not going to care about even trying to leave that neighborhood 
because you feel like that's where you are and that's where you're going to be. So instead of funding the police all this money, why haven't we done it for education? Early access to education, quality preschools to uh, entice kids to go to school, which will then entice them to get jobs, which will then drive the economy. And if we raise minimum wage, everybody will want to work. So if we raise minimum wage, fund education, crime will go down, poverty will go down, and the economy goes up. That is so simple to realize. It's simple mathematics and simple equations, but instead the GOP rather pander to the 1% and the rich people, and you see that doesn't work. That doesn't work. All these southern Republican states are getting ready to cut unemployment before people are even back to work. People have got to get back to work first. Because if they don't get back to work and you cut unemployment and all the government spending, then guess what? They're low class. They're middle class. They're back in poverty again. That doesn't help. I just explained how poverty is the common denominator. It's the underlining factor for not only America's economy crashing, it's also an underlining factor for high crime, less education, less workers, less jobs, less money. So why are we pumping money into police in these high crime communities that believe that they need police but we're not going to fund the school systems. I live in a neighborhood now where, you know, I've gone to these schools and they're not the best. How do you feel as a kid to walk into a school where teachers don't care, where teachers tell you that you ain't going to grow up to be much, when teachers tell you, literally I had a teacher call me a bastard. Teacher by the name of Miss Richardson. Call me a bastard all because I wouldn't come to class. Now, you probably think, well, why wouldn't I come into class? Again, mentally, when you go to a school where adults don't care, when you go to a school where there are roaches, there are rats, uh, the ceiling has a hole in it, the gym is closed down because stuff is broken, windows are broken and smashed in, bars are on the window, you feel like you don't want to be here. And when most schools are like that because they don't, you know, have the funds, then more people will drop out and not care because the schools don't care. The schools and the teachers set an example and a, pres a precedent for what a child could become and be for the rest of their lives. Parenting does too, of course, but the power of a teacher and the power of the school just showing children that they care is very, very big. If they just show kids that they care, kids will want to go there. And when kids want to go there, they'll want to learn. You know, they'll graduate. They'll want to continue to go to school and be something. But th that's not going to happen if these poverty-stricken communities, you know, aren't getting fun for their schools. But all the police ride around in new cars all the police there's like a thing in I think New York where they're trying to get digital dogs called digi dogs 
instead of drug dogs, you know, uh, the canines, they're trying to get mechanical dogs. How much money do you think that's going to cost? But they don't care about that because it's all a cycle. Even the uh, prison system. It takes billions of dollars to keep prisons going. But because prisons have state contracts who then have contracts with other companies to bring in food and prison clothes and uh, other resources that prisoners need, everybody makes money when you go to prison. Why do you think when prisoners come out of prison, nobody's hiring ex-con, nobody's affording um, housing for ex-cons? So what do they do? The one thing that they can do, go back to crime, which will then take them back to jail and keep money in the pockets of all these people who make money from crime, from low poverty, well, from, excuse me, from high poverty. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. And I have really been leaning towards more aggressive Democrats like uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, Alexandria Cortez, uh, a.k.a. Uh, AOC, uh, Cory Bush, like all these people who are Democrats, but they're more aggressive than the likes of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who are, again, trying their best to work with a party that does not work. Try to work with a party that does not work for the people and who doesn't want to work with you. So I don't see how people can believe that the GOP is the answer when every single time they get into the seat, America goes to shit. Look at what happened when Bush got in the seat. Look what happened when Trump got in the seat. And people will try to tell you, oh, well, it's a conspiracy. The Democrats are really the problem. They're trying to make Republicans look bad. Could it possibly be that the Republican mind state and what they consider important and what they consider to be valuable and of high priority is wrong. It's backwards. The whole Republican Party to me is backwards. You don't cater to the rich and the uh, 1% to try to help the entire country. That's impossible. I've learned so much about America and how horrible we're really doing when America is 5% of the world's population but we're 25% of the world's incarcerated population how is that a thing that's that's terrible we're something's wrong here you want to get rid of crime you have to get rid of poverty and sometimes, if not most of the time, as been proven historically, government spending can work. Not, again, for like forever, but in the long term, it can work. So if we spend more money on schools and investing in these neighborhoods that, quote-unquote, don't matter or are high crime, instead of just sending police and sending uh police more money 
Let's educate these people. Let's get these people some jobs. Let's get some money in these people's pocket. That way, they won't have to buy all these guns that the Republicans love and the NRA loves and shoot each other just so the police can arrest them and make their quota of arrest. Therefore, putting people in jail, therefore the 1% still making more money. It's amazing how all this stuff is connected. Like, I've really opened my eyes to a lot of it. Like, ever since I was doing the Cutting Up podcast, I feel like when I was doing the Cutting Up podcast, even though I was talking about the GOP back then, and I was I was more of a Democrat back then. Now, even though I lean towards Democratic, I won't call myself a Democrat because it's too many of them trying their best to work with Republicans. And if you work with Republicans, that makes you a Republican. Because the one thing about Republicans is, at least when they feel something, no matter how wrong it is, when they feel it, that's what they're going to do. They don't care what the Democrats think. They're just going to do what has to, what they feel needs to be done. Meanwhile, Democrats keep trying to wait for the approval of a party that has literally said they are never going to work with you or never going to approve anything you do. Mitch McConnell even said his job is to stop Joe Biden. So why would Joe Biden want to work with him or any other Republicans instead of getting done what needs to be done? Police reform, funding education, creating more jobs and investing in some of these communities that look like shit where the schools are shit and you know it's nothing but broken down old buildings and all this stuff it starts here in these low income communities because there are more of them than there are Hollywood there are more Chicago's than Hollywood you know all these bustling uh, bright tourist cities there aren't that many but there are a lot of high crime high poverty uh, communities Way more. So it's more people living in poverty than living, you know, uh, in the high class. So why are we trying to help the high class instead of helping the ones who are low class? Is it possibly because America and the GOP think that the low class don't matter? And that's why their plans constantly fail? Is because they don't think of the long term. They think of the short term to line their pockets and the pockets of their friends and the rest of their party and their 1% and big business and stocks, yeah, all that can be good, but if lower class don't have money to spend, all that's going to fail. And the lower class won't have money to spend if we don't fund education and get them jobs, get them off the street and get them out of prison. And really, prison is supposed to be a, you know, a place for rehabilitation. But when you look at prison, what are, what, what are the prisoners doing now? Most of the times they're just laying in a bed doing nothing. Which will make you go crazy with no purpose, with no self-worth. That'll make you go crazy. And then when you get released, you feel like you're not going to contribute to society so you might as well commit more crime. At least back when people were in prison and they were uh, building stuff, cleaning up, uh, 
smashing rocks, whatever they could to give them some sort of sense of purpose. But now they're not even doing that. So what's the point of prison? Why, why is prison being funded so much and police being funded so much when nobody's being rehabilitated? They're being made worse. Yet when a school has low grades, they cut funding for the school. But if a prison has a low success rate of rehabilitating, rehabilitating the prisoners, why don't they get fund, their funds cut? Why don't police in cities that have high crime get cut? Because they're obviously not doing something right. You do it for the schools when their grades are low. So why can't we cut funding for police or for prisons if they're not doing us any good? Nobody's talking about getting the criminals back on the street. Oh, they're putting criminals back on the street. No, these people are humans who can be rehabilitated and, you know, become productive members of society. But we don't look at it like that. We gotta look at, oh, they're criminals. Get them off the streets, put them in the prisons because that makes them more money. Like, again, like I said, all this shit is so connected. It's the dollar that is behind all of this. That's why they won't cut uh, funding for police because, or for prisons because they have a contract with the government. But they'll cut fundings for schools because the kids aren't making high grades. So let's get rid of schools when we should be funding them more when kids aren't doing well. We should be sending the best teachers to these schools when they aren't doing well. Not taking the best teachers out and putting these teachers who don't care in their place. That, that doesn't make sense. Again, America's backwards right now. And I believe that the problem is the GOP. Because everything they do is backward. And that has been proven. And when President Johnson waged war on poverty... He got poverty down from, I believe, 22% to 10% in a few years. Cut it in half. But when the Republicans got rule again, of course, poverty went up. And if you don't believe me, I got some um, statistics here of the poverty rates in some cities that was just in 2019. It's probably gotten worse. And this was 2019 statistics. So with 2020 um, coming after that, it probably got worse. But Flint, Michigan, 45% live in poverty, almost half. Pittsburgh, 22%. Toledo, oh, is that Toledo? Yes, I do believe Toledo, Ohio, 24%. Grand Rapids, Michigan, 23%. Chicago, Illinois, 21%. Buffalo, New York, 30%. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 27%. Columbus, Ohio, 21%. Like all these cities with high poverty rates in uh, 2019, which has probably gone up. But Democrats in the past, it's been proven that they cut down poverty when they're aggressive enough. You know, they will cut down poverty 
with a lot of their solutions that actually work. But Republicans will reverse that and then poverty goes up again just so they can have something to complain about and people to arrest, you know, and more reasons to fund police and prisons and not education and schools and communities. So, it is amazing to me. In 1932, after uh, Hoover, I do believe, unemployment was about 30% in the country. In 1941, I do believe when um, Roosevelt got into the sea, it was cut down to 7%. Then the next year, in 1942, it was down to um, 1.2% unemployment. So in 10 years, with Republican rule, unemployment was 30%. Then 10 years later, because of uh, FDR in 1942, unemployment was only 1.2%. So again, history has proven that Republicans suck for the most part. (laughs) And Democrats, when, when aggressive enough and when they do what they know is right, Instead of trying to wait on Republicans, plans work. You know, all these um, plans that the Democrats have can really work if we focus on education, community, and people instead of focusing on money, economy, stocks, and gas, and all this other stuff that Republicans want to focus on to make you think that the economy is doing good even though your pockets personally are hurting. You're going to turn on the news and be like, oh, well, the economy's doing good, America's doing good, when you aren't doing good. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that when your pockets are finally full, because like I said, 2020 for a lot of people, getting that stimulus and that unemployment was very profitable, but the economy was doing horrible. So they try to convince you that when your pockets are hurting, the economy is doing bad. When the government is spending money, the economy is doing bad. But when you're doing actually okay through government spending, now the economy is doing horrible. And they have to cut that as soon as possible and make you go back to work for these slave wages. Because it's funny that they want you to get back to work as quick as possible, as soon as possible, and cut government funding and spending. Yet, they don't want to raise minimum wage. They want you to go back to work for slave labor. And they wonder why there's a work shortage or a worker shortage. It's not because uh, of uh, unemployment benefits. It's because people, you know, don't want to go back to working for breadcrumbs and peanuts. And pennies. Give people a reason to go back to work and we will go back to work. It's that simple. Raise the minimum wage. Joe Biden, I do believe, signed something that will raise minimum wage to $15, but that's not until uh, 2025. Which I do believe is a ploy for people to vote for him a second term. So when by the time it's time to vote again, minimum wage will be going up and he'll say... Excuse me if my voice keeps changing, but, uh, and he'll say, uh, you know, that was because of him and what he signed. He'll probably easily get a second term. But 
Again, it's stuff we need to be doing now, not when it's convenient, not when election time rolls around again. It's stuff we need to be doing now. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, that was the gist of my rant for today. It's just trying my best to let you guys know that politics keep getting in the way, especially the GOP. But that's going to do it for cutting up. But uh, you see, you see what I mean. I'm so used to cutting up radio that I'm still saying that this is not cutting up radio. This is look and listen podcast. So that's gonna do it for look and listen podcast. Um, forgive me for any errors that were made, uh, whether it was my voice or or I may might have mispronounced something. But hey, I do this off the head, off the cuff for the most part, um, just to try to bring y'all the real and bring y'all the news. So. That's going to do it for this episode, you guys. Um, thank you for listening. If you did listen, uh, if you liked it, and you like you know, what I had to say, please let me know. You know, um, Let me know if there's anything y'all want me to talk about. I love doing research because a lot of this stuff I've said, I recently discovered just from doing some research. And, again, it's amazing how all this stuff is connected. And like I said, man, it's all about making a dollar for the GOP party. And not for you, by the way, but making dollars for themselves in the long run. That's their thing. But I'm going to go ahead and end this one, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, I'll be back with another podcast because, again, like I said, this is what I want to do. You know, it's just me talking about something, not my personal life or anything, but just me talking about the news or what's going on in the world. Then you know my opinion with some facts also in there. So... I will see you guys next time. Y'all have a great day. Stay safe and have a good one.